This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Now, a special presentation, reaction and analysis of the debate from the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe and Jay Severin. Ty Johnson spinning the dials radio style in New York City. We'll be chiming in from time to time as well. And we'll also get some of your phone calls and your tweets as well. Did you watch the GOP debate? What did you think of it? 888-900-3393. Guys, uh, I have to start off with, with some very good news. I was stressing throughout the entire debate. I wasn't sure... If he was going to manage to get it in, but the good news is Chris Christie did get to mention 9-11. Uh, he, in his closing remarks, I was stressing the whole time, but he finally got it in. By the way, I had no idea he was a prosecutor in New York around that time. That yeah, was and apparently his wife was just a me. couple of weeks away from the, the buildings there. The see, see that's, that's insane. I mean, had we known that earlier, maybe Chris Christie right. would have been a different place in this election, at this, uh, in this uh, uh, nomination at this point. Jay, were you aware of this? Well, this is wicked coincidental, my friends, because today is the 30th anniversary of the Challenger disaster. And uh, when I heard about it, I knew that my wife had once harbored (laughs) some interest in the astronaut program. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure. I mean, at that moment, I, I wasn't exactly for sure, sure that she hadn't gone ahead and become an astronaut. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't at that moment be relieved of the stress, Mm -hmm. of the awful stress of not thinking for a moment that I would be a single parent because my wife was aboard the Challenger. And then I realized that, Mm -hmm. oh, oh no, she didn't become an astronaut. Right. So he got it in, though. I mean, the whole time I was there going, phew. I just but I was crying. Well, you weren't weeping. I was thinking I was, of was, his yeah. of but the stress yeah. for those moments because he was thinking that his <laughs> wife had taken a subway near the World Trade Center <laughs> sometime that season. I, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I can imagine stuff, the stress. Though. You can understand being kind of a, a thrust into something like that too would be awfully troubling. Hey, did did you guys catch Ben Carson <laughs> misquoting the preamble? <laughs> Huh? I didn't. I didn't oh, catch that. Excuse no. me. I was. I was napping. <laughs> yeah, his closing remarks. They they go. Each candidate will have thirty seconds. And I don't know if you know this about Ben Carson, but he's not really speedy. And he starts it, off. It goes a lot faster if you're sleeping. You know, the thirty <laughs> he seconds. Says, he goes uh, again. Thirty seconds, and he goes. I'd like to uh, start by reminding people of the. Words of our founding fathers, we the people of the United States of America. And I'm like, wait a minute, the preamble is longer than 30 seconds to quote. Certainly for him, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah, he's going to have to speed that up. Yeah, and then he goes, I'm trying to think of the word he misquoted. Uh, it was just for doer data. Anyways, he misquoted it by a word or two. And I was like, oh, that's a fail, Ben. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I missed that. You're much Man. more the uh, the eagle eye, eagle ear on that than I would be. <laughs> I missed that. And if you're going to if you're gonna quote something like that, you better make damn you sure know you it. get it right. That's a, right, that's yeah. a major fail, yeah. Ben. Mm-hmm. May I, who I, who so often is correctly accused of burying my lead mm-hmm. and uh, letting my uh, verbosity uh, suffocate the uh, closing point of the jury here, may I offer you the two essential truths without building to them? May I offer you what I, I took wish you would. as the two... <laughs> Essential truths of, of this. 
One is that once, well, let me, let me start by saying, William F. Buckley, I just want to start with a couple things that can't be argued, because I'm also, you know, argued with all the time, which is only a good thing. But So you are going to build to it then? No, uh, no, no, not really. Only 10, <laughs> ten seconds. You're right. You're right. You're right. You bested, Mr. Carson. You bested, no, 10 seconds. William F. Buckley, the father, godfather, grandfather of American conservatism said, as we all know, I will always vote for the candidate uh, who is most conservative that can win. That has governed Republican primaries from dog catcher to president for 75 years at least. Truth was once the truest constitutionalist was nominated. And the nomination process was a contest to debate who was the truest constitutionalist. I believe Ted Cruz, before, during, and after this debate, is obviously the truest constitutionalist. But you know what he's not enough yet? Showman. And I watched this. And in totality, gentlemen, I watched, I listened, and I kept wincing and wanting and urging. It was like a backseat driver or, a, you know, the, someone sits next to you in the car who's going, ooh, ah, oh, you know, like, like pressing the wheel and like trying to drive for you. I kept trying to drive for Ted, and he's a thousand times more brilliant than anyone I know, but he is the constitutionalist. But I don't know if he's yet enough politician, and it breaks my heart. I feel the same way as I watch him, and I've said this before. Uh, it's frustrating that he, again, you're right. It's like trying to drive the car. You're leaning. You're like, don't go. No, say this. <laughs> don't hit. Yeah, I do the same thing. I think what I'm wanting, though, um, and again, I'll take whoever uh, can actually do the right things as president. But speaking as an analyst with this stuff and, you know, the, the whole picture, who has it? Uh, being able to articulate your message and get people to follow you is really important. I'm not sure yep. Ted Cruz has it. Yep. I, I keep waiting for that, uh, that um, Ronald Reagan or that Barack Obama that can, you know, inspire people that way. And I don't think he is that person to inspire. I still yeah, like him. He's still yeah, my leading candidate. But Yeah, I, I feel the same way, and that's that's frustrating as somebody who – who wants that from a candidate and really wants to go ahead and see that because I think that's what we need. Um, doesn't have it at that point. I, I feel like uh, it, it was a rough debate for him simply because Trump wasn't there to take the brunt of the uh, attack, so I think that really went on to him. Um, I think he handled most of the attacks really well, but um, it was he was definitely yeah, but- uh, he was definitely under fire tonight by, by all the candidates and, and, frankly, I think by a lot of the moderators too. And my second truth, and Skippy, you just did it. You just wrapped it up. I don't know where this goes, and maybe I did bury my lead. I think the second quintessential truth of this evening is if you say that this was a more entertaining debate, a more entertaining event without Trump, you're lying. Oh, no. Well, yeah, but I'm not sure how much Trump brought to it uh, or or we, we missed of Trump to make it exciting. Um, the last couple of, of... I don't think he ever brought an ounce of substance, but I think what we have, God help us, come to be trained, like the seals at SeaWorld, you know, the killer whales, 
we jump out for the smelt or whatever it is. You know, after a while, they did it for like red rubber balls, but but they wouldn't do it for the red rubber balls anymore. They wanted something to eat, and that's and so we've been trained. God help us, we're we're acclimated now to jump out of the water for adrenaline, not for information. Yeah, but the last couple of debates, he really didn't bring that much uh, excitement. There was a couple of things where he he had a couple of exchanges with like Jeb Bush and that, but early on well, but he brought a lot would you of not, them. guys. Would you not say even the tension produced? Okay, by maybe his that. Yeah, you know, I agree with yeah, you. He, he he creates a culture when he's there. It's it's. It's simply by osmosis him being there, the, the room is more energized. I don't There's like to say There's an electricity. It, but There's there a sense is. of, well, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? It's a high-wire act, you know? It's, and I think it's, he brings it out uh, of other candidates, too. Yes, yes. There's always that sense of an impending train wreck when he's on the set. And without him, it's okay. It's a political debate. And I may learn a lot more about ethanol subsidies, but... I really miss the scene where all the bodies go flying out of the train. Speaking of ethanol subsidies, I'm very sure that Donald Trump would build a blend wall and Mexico would pay for it. I'm sure (laughs) that he would. I think you've misinterpreted that, Doc. What I heard was he would build a blender and Mexico would pay for it. Our buddy uh, Buck Sexton from the Blaze Radio Network tweeted out, I'm going to paraphrase it here, something about tear down that blend wall. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, by the way, yeah, a blend wall is a hashtag now. It's going crazy. Everyone's using blend wall. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With stuff. Um, I give Ted Cruz uh, a lot of credit tonight. I don't think he um, he performed where he needed to per- be uh, to no. perform. I think he hurt himself a little bit with that exchange with uh, Mike or, or Chris Wallace. I almost said Mike Wallace. Chris Wallace. Uh, all in all. Stage? You mean the whining? Yeah, it was just whiny. I, again, I don't think he tanked or anything. I think it was probably a little bad for him. Yeah, no, I don't think he tanked, bad. but I think the, the whole mentioning, if you guys don't stop attacking me, I'm just going to walk off the stage, seemed really, really petty. It, it well, didn't it, it was kind well. of staged. It wasn't. It didn't come across right either. Do you have that clip? Ty uh, says Ty? he's got this. Can we? Can Let's we hear this. Do Let's it? hear that. Governor Bush, Chris, Chris, I was mentioned Go- in that question. No, you were you, you, your name wasn't mentioned, Ted. I, I, was, I, I, actually, I don't think your name was mentioned. I, I think the vote. No, sir. Chris, your, your question said I think, you've I think, I think the vote question? question was about. It's not my question that you got a chance to respond to. <laughs> it's his answer. <laughs> You don't get 30 seconds to uh, respond to me. Your question was you have disagreed. You don't get 30 seconds uh, to respond to me. Opening I'd like to go on, sir. I know you like to argue not about ideal, the rules, we're going to conduct the debate. Not okay, ideal. See, it's not that I disagree with Ted Cruz on this. It just came across wrong. He looks like right. a goof. Well, yeah. Ty's got uh, something it, else. Yeah, here's the other part of it then. Senator Cruz, now you get a chance to respond. <laughs> Chris, I would note that the last four questions have been, Rand, please attack Ted. Marco, please attack Ted. Chris, please attack Ted. Jeb, please attack Ted. Let me just say this. It is a debate, sir. Uh, well, no, no, a debate actually is a policy issue, but I will say this. Gosh, if, if you guys say, ask one more mean question, I may have to leave the stage. Okay. He it brought didn't, that back it didn't, just a touch, but it was bad. No va. It doesn't go. It didn't work. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. That's that's not working for him there. Um, I will give Ted uh, some credit for the ethanol subsidies, where 
he handled that really well. He didn't waffle yeah. on it, and explained being, being it away, in Iowa, and that was too. in Iowa. Yeah. Yes. You know the phrase I thought he missed, which is so accessible, and which I've advised clients. I mean, I've lived through uh, five, I think four or five Iowas with clients in them, and the thing that conservatives have always relied on is, and you know, again, it may be hackneyed, but it's darned reliable, is corporate welfare. Because, you know, if you don't live in a, a, an ethanol subsidy state or an X, Y, or Z ethanol state, you know, that's as much as corporate subsidy as a subsidy to a bank. If, if you lived in a state and, and you were a fourth-generation buggy whip maker, and all of a sudden, some uh, some upstart bastard invented something called the automobile, and we stopped manufacturing buggy whips. There'd be fewer jobs at the buggy whip plant. All of a sudden, you know, and and we all know people whose careers have been deeply affected or eliminated by changes in the economy, and this notion that you know it's somehow re- a religious right. A quasi-religious right that a subsidy so that buggy whips will always be made in your state and darn it if they're not you'll still be paid to make them and then set them aflame yeah i think you're right you and i was trying to think of the, uh, a way to say that easily too jay as you know putting myself in his position and I, something like if he'd called out the people of iowa saying listen if you're a conservative and you don't believe in corporate welfare and you know, subsidies for other people. Well, you're right. Why Welfare is an awfully rough word when you're within the right. borders of the state of Iowa. But I mean, but to say, you know, to say if you don't believe in it for all these other businesses and start, you know, listing some of these, you know, corporations, you get right. subsidies. bailouts, right? We bailouts, whatever. Say we all have to stop it, even when it affects us. Right is yes. right, and wrong is wrong. I think yeah. that's uh, yeah. maybe a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way. Um, Skip, what was the ho ho? What's this tweet you put out about Trump? Oh, that was a good one, Skip. It yeah, was, um, yeah, yeah. At one point, the Google Analytics people, who this was a, a Fox News Google held debate too. So um, towards towards the end of the debate, actually, uh, they had uh, tweeted out a link that had real time searches for both the GOP debate as well as the Donald Trump live stream, and the GOP debate was handily defeating searches. For the Donald live stream. Now, I, I'm sure we're going to see no, uh, the numbers coming in uh, uh, as the hours and the days go by. But based off of, at very least, people searching Google for GOP debate versus Donald Trump live stream, it was not even close. The, the stream yeah. was well, huge. Trump, what are you Trump flatlined, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. But it was still big, though. Right? The numbers were still high for him, right? Uh, let me pull that up, actually. Yeah, no, I'm just curious about it. And there is anyway, that um, was a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is. And I do think Donald didn't get the push that he was hoping for. Still did very well for himself. Don't get me wrong. And he didn't hurt himself, certainly not by not being there. I, I don't think so. Um, uh, um I have but, a little stat real fast, guys. Yeah, um, good. Based on Twitter, who gained the most followers during the debate? Uh, number five, Chris Christie. Four, Rand Paul. Three, Ted Cruz. Two, Marco Rubio. And yeah. one. Real oh, Donald Trump. That is courtesy of Britt, who brought that to my attention. How so, about that? So even though yeah. he wasn't there, t- as far as Twitter, more people went and searched and followed Trump than That's everybody else. And interesting that Cruz was third, not second. I think that matters. Yeah, absolutely. That's that? a good point, Ty, because Marco yeah. Rubio got, uh, I think, more airtime as well uh, and really made a great showing for him. I'm watching this thing unfold, and it's incredible 
to hear Marco Rubio keep going back to these lines that he's completely full of crap about because of amnesty, and yet then all of a sudden he's like, and I'm going to defend America, and I'm going to whatever. Somebody on stage, I think it might have been Rand Paul or somebody, called him out and said, you're for amnesty. How, how are you going to protect America and know who's here <laughs> if you're for amnesty, basically? And he tried to explain it away and then went right back to the lines, and it was working for him. So uh, that really doesn't shock stinks. me. I think most people will probably think that uh, he, he won, quote-unquote, won this thing. Did it strike anybody else that Marco got? I thought there were moments, and maybe maybe I just, my blood sugar is low, but I, I thought he, like, looked Nixonian, like go, almost the ghost of Nixon. I thought he got very, very tightly wound when he, you know, when he got wound up, and especially when he was on the defensive. I mm-hmm. thought he was uncomfortably tight uh, in some of these things. Like he got really mm-hmm. too tight for his own good. But I, I, from what you're telling me, I think I hold the minority opinion. No, no, I thought the same thing. But I mean, because but I mean, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I was putting myself in the position of of what probably the average kind of drive-by person watching or whatever. And I, I, I knew they would love him. They were eating up those lines. But, yeah, I thought he was a little tight on this stuff. At one point, I even tweeted out that he was getting ready to go all Howard Dean. He, uh, he was real yes. close to giving the scream. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was if you're th- Hillary Clinton or a, a, a Clinton fan, um, stop listening us, to us right now or we'll track you down. <laughs> we have the technology. We can find you. No, uh, if you're a, a Hillary Clinton supporter – You had to be kind of happy that in two hours, the sort of boogeyman of, you know, of Clintonian everything, the ghost of that, raised its head once, 10 minutes left in the debate when uh, uh, RuPaul was asked about this. And he said, well, you know, I don't talk about it, but if I'm asked about it, I answer the question. And you're asking me, so my answer is, how can Hillary Clinton be... A women's right champion if she, you know, colluded, defended, championed uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, I, I'm paraphrasing there. And that was it. Yeah, she. they, they really did not go after her like that. No, not at all. Uh, too, I, uh, I tweeted out again like I did before the uh, the previous debate on uh, who wanted to do a simple poll on my Twitter. Uh, and I only had four options, too, so I used uh, Ted, Marco, Rand, and Jeb. And Ted is in the lead from this poll. It's a highly scientific poll on my Twitter site. Um, but coming in second, actually, is Rand with 19%. Yeah, by the way, by I think Rand Jeff. Paul did really I well he did, tonight. Yeah, fantastic. And it wasn't the, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't come across as whiny, but his information was really good. And I don't know if that was because Trump wasn't there or what was going on, but he, he was better he than he's really been in the past. Yeah. He was much better than he's been in the past. Uh, he struck well, and I think me he really resonated as, with the crowd, too. Well, someone tweeted, you know, uh, I know who it was. It was Rich Lowry sent out a tweet earlier this evening that said, uh, Rand Paul uh, evidently has paid 25 people to applaud wildly anything he says in the audience. And it really did have that sound of like there was sort of unnatural. You know when there's that moment where the applause ought to die down? But yet it's like there's this band of people that's obviously – a tiny minority, but they're hooting and hollering and stomping and cheering and whistling and clapping. And that, that was really true after every answer. Though I can't, look, you know, it's part of the gamesmanship. I can't take that away from him. I thought he was arrogant, but I like I like his arrogance. So I, I, 
here's the shocking thing about Rand Paul. It, it, it's kind of frustrating. The um, Wolverine that lives on his head? No, I'm even okay with that. Uh, right. He's he's annoying and arrogant, very, very self. You know, it's all about him. But his track record is pretty good. As a senator, yeah. it, it really is. I mean, I don't like what him endorsing Mitch no, it's McConnell solid. on that, I but mean, his votes are pretty solid. It's, yeah, it's when, actually when, a shame. Yeah, when you take a look at his, at his scorecard at Conservative Review, Freedom Works, Heritage, they all put him up, I mean, near the top of people. And he's he has been that ardent, uh, uh, straight-faced um, conservative leader, too. I just don't think I can get over my problems with him. You know what? I, I couldn't believe it that I actually, tonight, for maybe the first time ever, agreed with something John Kasich said. He said it's time to stop ignoring the mentally ill. And I agree, Jeb Bush needs more time. I, mean, I the saw more we see from... That was great. Sad. That was great. Okay, since you raised it, by the way, and again, great line. I didn't say but it's inaccurate, about... it's just it's sad. What about that, by the way, though? Let's, you know, not to turn all serious on everybody, but what about Bush? This was it. We said in our pre-analysis, He's done. if anybody, Pointless. you know, if this was if this was do or die for anybody tonight, it was Heb. And how do we think Heb did? Listen, he, he did the same as always. Lackluster. It doesn't matter. He didn't move the needle for himself. Here's the thing. If I'm advising Jeb, sorry, Heb, Heb. if I'm advising Heb. him. A month ago, a month and a half ago, I would have pulled him aside and said, listen, get out of this thing before your name is tainted. Keep all of that money. And four or eight years from now, try this thing again. Because there's a good chance that 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 broad, uh, you know, uh, Monica Lewinsky's boyfriend's wife, that she has a chance at this thing. You know, and Bernie Sanders, too. You don't know. It's anybody's ballgame. Get out. Keep your money. Keep your name. And then you have a better position. So the fact that he's still in this is just silly. He's done now. He's tainted. And I don't see him doing anything in the future that is I would of, hand of note him, in the public. It, were I advising Heb, Heb, yeah. I would hand him a video of uh, Death of a Salesman and ask him <laughs> to pay special attention to Listen the Willie. character of Willie Loman <laughs> and ask him, does any of this look frighteningly familiar does it strike you as eerily familiar in any way and if it doesn't my, my second piece of advice is all right all right if that doesn't persuade you take up cocaine right exactly something's gotta happen start using cocaine or other amphetamines those are your options governor yeah uh by the way uh Jeb had multiple fails this evening, things he said. First of all, uh, he's trying to sound relatable and young, and he gives this little speechifying thing because the YouTube chick was on there, and uh, the, the one who was Hispanic. And he comes on, and he refers to her, and he said, he said that uh, something about being attractive. Oh, no, I, I saw the same thing, too, that beautiful okay. young lady. Attractive I was name. Lady. Attractive like, name. Yeah and, I was, yeah, and I was like, okay, creeper. Right? I mean, this is a little too... It, you're the old man, and you're bringing this up, and your wife's Hispanic. Okay, so you got a type. We got it. I mean, you're apparently a, you know envisioning her being much older and fatter, but still, I get it, you know. And all I of that was bad. a slightly different take, though. You just alluded to it. That that woman said something about something had tripled, and I think it was she who had tripled in the last five years, <laughs> right, not right. the statistic that she was referring to. 
But just as I'm trying to wrap my head around how old and creeper-like he sounded while talking to the YouTube chick, he refers to it as the YouTube. You know, she was on the YouTube. I mean, I say that in jest, the Twitter, to, ma- to mock you know, people the like him. Right, the interwebs, right. And uh, the only thing he didn't do was go WW hat backslash HTT. That's the only thing he didn't do on this. I was like, you are so completely out of touch. How nerdy do you get? By the way, speaking too of some of the uh, of the questioners and the YouTubers, um, somebody else had tweeted to me earlier. Um, one of the other people too, um, the Nabella Nor gal. Sure. Um, she uh, tweeted yeah. just a couple days ago a picture of her wearing a Bernie Sanders shirt and uh, mm. tweeting and using hashtag Bernie. So this person who's clearly a Bernie supporter somehow was able to ask a question in this Republican debate. Wow, that's a big shirt. Uh, it, look, it's a huge uh, shirt. Did, yeah, I'm, I'm going to retweet that actually right now. Did it strike? Uh, anyone and I just I'm strike anyone that in the last uh, I guess half hour or so but late late later much later in 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 the debate Cruz three out of four as I counted it three of four answers in a row really really hit hard um, religious faith yeah, oh, he brought. Yeah, he went. They all did in Iowa, though. I think I really feel like all of them were told, "Hey, you listen, think that's we about need Iowa? to." Oh no, I absolutely do. I think I, I think it's absolutely because I think everybody in there was uh, was told, "Hey, listen, folks, we're in Iowa. We got to be careful." I think Rand Paul people, uh, Rand Paul's people, said the same thing. Uh, he was very tentative with answering the questions on abortion. And the same thing with Marco Rubio too. Marco led more with his faith tonight than I've heard him any time before. I feel. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Others did, but I never got the sense where my you know all of a sudden my sort of. Hackles went up, and I said, "Oh, wait a second. Is that a little, you know, too much faith?" I know well, and, it sounds. And I don't feel. I, say, and I don't but, feel yeah. like they were doing it as if it was fake. Like no. I, I don't feel anybody was lying or trying to to uh, paint themselves as more religious than they are. But I feel like they were definitely trying to hey, make sure we get that out there because we're in an. An, an I, I, I absolutely love the exchange between Marco Rubio and Jeb on amnesty. When Jeb was like, you supported it, too. It came back at him like that. It is pretty bad when Jeb Bush beats you debating amnesty at a Republican debate. I mean, well, a yeah, conservative I, debate, and Jeb schools you on this. The, the, one of I the think weakest he, guys. Yeah, I think the only person who Jeb would be able to do that with is Marco Rubio. There's nobody up there that has a more inconsistent or a, a better glaring fail on that. And I think Ted Cruz did a good job, too, of bringing out that when you ran for Senate in Florida— one of the cornerstones of your campaign, which Doc and I have said on our morning show regularly, is amnesty is wrong. Under me, we will not get amnesty. And then just a little while later, for political reasons, Marco Rubio decides to join that gang of eight. But now he's against amnesty again. So, And, and, if, and when well, I mentioned Rubio earlier, when I said he keeps saying these things, they come across well, but I don't think people are getting the whole thing. He even said in that, in, just kind of buried in the middle, we're not going to round up 10 whatever million people. And then right. we'll write back right. on to how he's not for amnesty. So w- you want to keep them here legally. Speaking of faith, uh, the miracle that's occurred uh, recently, especially for Marco Rubio, uh, you just said at Gang of Eight, is that, again, this all goes back, a lot of this all goes back to, or was illustrated by, the National Review Uh hit piece, I think that's fair to call it. I, I don't mean it was unfair, but, you know, the the critical piece in National Review uh, saying saying that he's not a conservative. Uh, the, the Gang of Eight thing ought to have been 
again, I <clears throat> first thing I said tonight, once was that there was no question, right, guys? The conservative won the Republican primary, whether it's dog catcher in Toledo or president of the United States. This has been a Republican primary has traditionally been a contest to establish your conservative credentials, at least relative to the other people. And Marco Rubio, Gang of Eight, should have been the scarlet letter. Then and there, bang, period, end of paragraph. And it isn't. And the fact that he has gotten through so far and this evening without it ever rising to that level of scarlet letter, that's kind of a blessing for him. Like a major so, blessing. I tweeted out during the debate a link to a Washington Times article that I want to share for the first part of it uh, with you guys, if I may. The headline is, Harry Reid says Donald Trump is his man in the GOP race. Oh. And when you open it up and you read the, the body of the article, it says Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid said Wednesday he's kind of pulling for Donald Trump to win the GOP's presidential nomination, agreeing with the billionaire businessman that they used to work well together. He said he, he even held a fundraiser or two for me in previous years and says they've gotten along fine. And it goes on oh, and on. Swell. Now, There's now, anything yeah, you need is, to know. Is, is Harry them. doing that to, to, to get Donald elected because so, he thinks Hillary or yeah. Bernie can beat, her, beat him? That should be, as we've been discussing in, in this context, the kiss of death, right? We'll see. We'll see more. More on that and some of your phone calls coming up. 888-900-3393. We'll get to them coming up on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a special post-debate presentation with in-depth analysis from Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, and Jay Severin. The Blaze Radio Network. to reactions and analysis of the debate from the Blaze Radio Network. Jay, here's something you're going to... It's Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, and Jay Severin uh, anchoring coverage. Jay, it's something you're going to need for your program tomorrow afternoon, and you have all night to find it. During the exchange that Jeb Bush had... You'll need that as well, but that's a staple for you, I know. Um, During the exchange Jeb Bush had with Marco Rubio... When he finally got a chance, he being Jeb Bush, to um, to speak freely for a minute or so, he uh, he throws out there something uh, profound in the middle of it. And I don't know if you caught this. To show you how intelligent Jeb Bush is, he made the statement, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close. When you get elected, you need to do things. When you get elected... Please, please finish the statement, Doc. You, you, please finish no, the statement. No, that was it. Things like what? Yeah, let's have the rest. Do, we have time. Yeah, I, I no, didn't that hear was, the rest of that. That was I think pretty you cut much out. it. That was pretty... You just need to do things. Now, he, he didn't Hello? say that. He didn't Hello? say that as like a, a, a chastising of, oh, when you got elected, you didn't do things. When you get elected, you got... He didn't say it like that. It was just kind of, you know, when you get elected, you got to do things. So... This is one of those moments mm-hmm. that illustrates... Uh, Forget, did we say this in the earlier show? Or I, I can't, you know, again, I'm a little tired. My blood right. sugar is low. But I watched Jason Chavitz today, a congressman, uh, 
he was on Fox or CNN and he was saying, you know, I like Marco Rubio because he really wants change like I do. And there was some footage of the two of them shaking hands and going into a committee meeting. And there was this moment of clarity that came over me and I said, no, 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 no. You don't want change the way I do. I mean, I may be, you know, one of 15 people with a with an ultra minority view, but that's not what I mean by change. Mm-hmm. I don't mean like changing your tie. I don't mean like reducing the tax rate by a half a percent. I don't think you guys have any idea <laughs> what people who want change mean. Mm-hmm. Jay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Please continue. No, no, that's, that's it. I mean, no, I was just say when you got hired uh, to to do this job, to to host a talk show on the Blaze Radio Network, did they say, Jay, when you get hired, you must do things? Did I they tell to you do that? Things. Well, they, I, they, I, <laughs> they did say that, and I to which I responded, well. I'll have to reconsider. I didn't know that. Because <laughs> if know, that's I, part of the bargain. Now, when I, mean, I was hired, they weren't real specific on what things what meant. What things so. were, but as long as you could do things right. There were things being done. The specifics weren't really discussed. It's uh, like apparent, mistakes were made. You know, were, I mean, They were. We don't know what they were, but they were made. Apparently, Jeb Bush doesn't know that that Puerto Ricans are citizens of America. Uh, he, he, they brought up Puerto Rico, and Jeb said something like, well, when they have, but yeah, there's something about the benefits they have of full citizenship or something. Now, obviously, or not obviously, but people don't realize they, um, they can't run for president while living in Puerto Rico. They are, but they are full American citizens. So, For instance, they could move to America, and they'd be able to, right? Yeah, so, but they are, again, he said, <clears throat> of, of American handle- citizens. I can handle a factual mistake, mm-hmm. I, you know, or several of them. Mm-hmm. But just to return to this for a moment, what fundamentally I don't understand or we don't understand about each other here in America right now is that when Jeb Bush, and I don't think he understands this, he's a smart guy. He's a cultured guy. He's a rich guy. He's got everything, including he's smart, okay? But... When he says, when he, when he utters that non sequitur and gives us a lot of material, I think there's a lot more in there. And when he says, you know, when you get elected, you have to do things. And he, no, you don't. I mean, the, the, <laughs> does he forget that Jefferson said that government governs best, which governs least? The least. Exactly. Does he forget that one of the Adams, I forget which one, uh, said that the West. Congress, One of the, the first Congress that goes, I think it was the Adams family. Remember the Adams family? But <laughs> okay, the, I think the so, Congress, yeah. the first Congress that convenes and then uh, and and then ends without passing any laws will be the best session of Congress we've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's the notion that you get elected to do things, so you better like start like passing lots of laws because that's like you know that's it's you got to be passing laws all the time it is so fundamentally but antithetical to what a conservative is it is it is such the 
It is such the essence of what a progressive is. You, you elect me to go there and start making you do things with yeah. new laws. I, it's really troubling. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, which is for, I mean, I want a president who's going to go in there and actually make things, make sure things don't get done to go and keep yes. Congress from putting a bunch of crap out there. I mean, one of our best presidents, Calvin Coolidge, had a whole bunch of vetoes. He stopped a bunch of stuff getting done. He wasn't in there to do things. He was in there to stop things. By the way, Ty's got point, something here. Well, here's here's the ironic part, though, when you talk about him saying we've got to get elected to do things. Jeb Bush also said we need to when speaking of the VA and the failures of the Veterans Administration, he said we need to force uh, we need to mobilize the entire country to treat our veterans with much more respect than they get today. Uh, Now, I am the first one to say, yeah, we could all be individually respecting and doing more for veterans. But as president, you want to mobilize the entire country to treat our veterans with more respect? No. As president, you need to fire people and fix the VA because if they'd done that in the past, had you done your stinking jobs as presidents in the past, we wouldn't have to worry about that. You stand up and say, as of today, there's a card. Every veteran gets one. It enables every veteran to use that card to go into any medical facility in the United States of America, any private practice of a doctor as of tomorrow, and say, here's my card. I want the best treatment available on the planet. I want it now. I want it here. Because it's not welfare. It's quid pro quo. I'm a veteran. I served. Treat me. You know, that would be doing things, right? I mean, Ty, that would be doing things, right? I think people, when you're elected, you need to do things. <laughs> there you go. One I more time that on statement. that. One more. I need to hear that again. I think people, when you're elected, you need to do things. Okay, good. And again, Ty, I, I think you cut it off too early, too. What are the things he's talking about? You should have recorded the rest of that. Go ahead and dub the rest of his statement there. And what things is he talking about? That that was, no, though, that, I don't think you realize, that was the entire statement. No, he, Ty, yep. that can't be. That doesn't make no, sense. He didn't say Go, much else the whole pull time. Pull back up that audio and no. see what he says after that. You what have things to is, do things Ty. and talk to YouTube girls. You have to do things. No, wait, Ty, you have something sure. else, don't you? Oh, I have the VA cut for, if you want that. that yeah, was, might as well play that. Go ahead and bust yeah, it out. Yeah, Of course, and there's all sorts of ways that, that can be done at the state, local, and federal level to do that. But the first duty of the next president of the United States is to fix the mess of the Department of Veterans Affairs. That's okay. his first responsibility. Look. We like have waiting lists for veterans that are that are leaving because of the sequester where we're gutting the military. More and more uh, military personnel are leaving, becoming veterans, and the waiting list grows. They've gave, given out $140 million of bonuses to veterans department employees, including reducing the waiting list without giving veterans care. People died, sick. and only three people have been fired. Okay, I will make sure really that we the fire this year inside the Department of Veterans Here's the frustrating thing. I'm really sorry this. I asked for this. I'm sorry. It's my fault. No, no. I'm the frustrating thing is he's uh, right I, about, you know, the, yes, the president's got to fix the VA and whatnot. I don't think it's his, his first duty as president, but he's got to fix it. But he purposely brought up the sequestration, that that's the problem. That's the reason. Bl- basically blaming the sequestration on the problems of the VA. Why? Because he's trying to pin that on, on Ted Cruz. For supporting the sequestration, just, which is which is can, can we again please point out that sequestration is not even a cut of funds; it's a cut in the increase of funds. In the increase, I'm, 
I am so sick of this narrative that, oh, it's the sequestration that we no longer have the money we used to have. No, it's the fact that you didn't get your 3% cost of managing the budget increase. Use your funds uh, that you've been given. Breitbart TV at, at a point 49 minutes from a point, I don't know when it was, so I can't tell you when it was, but 49 minutes from sometime, uh, Breitbart tweeted out the following. Trump, quote, Fox News called me multiple times wanting me at debate tonight. End quote. I have a feeling, gentlemen, we're going to be hearing more about that. Probably. Our buddy Brian Sack uh, tweeted out, no Trump equals more oxygen equals Ben Carson 2.3% peppier. Uh, do, you, do you think there was more oxygen in the room, Jay? Uh, well, there was more oxygen, if only because there were so many more people sucking. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 to this moment, believe... That we, I hate saying it this way, but I'll say it this way just to provoke, you know, emotion. We missed Trump tonight. I'm not for Trump. I, I you know, I, I, you know, he asked me technically, intellectually, do I, did I want Trump in the debate? No. Do, but, but did I miss Trump? I think we all miss Trump. I think we have become, I'm sorry, I know this is being reiterative. I think we've become <clears throat> accustomed to adrenaline. I think that the pace, look, if you were watching a sport, you know, the difference between people who just love watching a baseball game and those who can't watch baseball during hockey season because you can't, you know, you, I can't do it. I'm going to kill myself, you know, because of the, the relative inactivity. We've become accustomed to these debates as like a hockey game or a football game. There's a lot of contact. There's a lot of action. It's built for TV. It moves. There's something happening every second. There's something being said. There's someone being attacked. There's someone being hit. There's someone hitting back. You know, that's what we have very understandably, culturally, as a TV producer, that's what we've reduced it to. We have tried and tried and tried, and we are succeeding, succeeding, succeeding in reducing all of the things we broadcast to NFL playoff games or the seventh game of the Stanley Cup Finals. Because if you don't, everyone's addicted to the adrenaline associated with watching television. Look at primetime television. Look at, you know, today, look at primetime television as opposed to 10 years ago. Look at the NFL as opposed to 10 years ago. I know I'm out on a limb here a bit, but I really mean this. I think that this has become a form of sport. I think more people are watching, but they're not necessarily learning more, nor are they prompted to watch by caring more in advance. But when they do watch, damn it, they want contact. I don't disagree. I just find it very frustrating for that with that comparison. It's sad. He was born and raised in northeastern Ohio. That would mean that George Pataki is the Cleveland Browns of this group, and that <laughs> that that cuts certain certain deep to Doc specifically. That, that cuts me to the quick. No, it's true. It now it's true. It now, means uh, John Kasich is the Bruno Nagurski 
Uh, uh, politics. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look up you, that reference. It's, I okay. think it's Bronco. You know, Jim Lickers. Thorpe, Jimmy Brown, <laughs> Gail Sanders. So, uh, Sanders. No, Skip Sanders. and I broadcast <laughs> and live. Uh, we live in broadcast normally from northwestern uh, Arkansas, and uh, I'm here. But Skip uh, is touring uh, New Mexico and visiting family, and he keeps texting me pictures of where he's staying. To rub, his, dude, rub my nose in it that he's on a little vacay in a nice little place. Dude, this hotel What the hell is that sick. about? No, the this, hotel Jay, I'm this is the type of dirtbag friend I have. Take, take, take a picture of the hotel and send it to me. No, it, here's the cool thing about it, too, is that it, it, it's run like a hotel, but the rooms are all like condos. So, I mean, I have a full kitchen, a two-bedroom. I got a balcony. Are, okay, great. Thanks. Wait, 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 who skip, are you, Donald Trump? Skip, are you actually? Well, what, what do you overlook? No, it's, uh, like, it's, like the, it's like the Trump Towers in, like, Albuquerque, Hold New Mexico. Second, Brit- um, I want to give you what's a little it, advice, uh, Skip. B, what's up, B? Do not, uh, Skip, uh, do not text your coworker that you're in bed. Remember yeah, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Cal- uh, uh, Wait a second. Place, Skip. Are these ambient texts? Uh, no, no. <laughs> they have been no. in the past. This was an accidental Uh-oh. text. Uh, no, but it's, uh, it's, it's the Anthea at the ground. In fact, Doc, we're going to get them on the air coming up soon, too, for Building America segment, too, because what they're doing here oh, in Albuquerque cool. is really cool. cool. Oh Sounds man, awesome. this is like, um, what? what's her name's uh, Amadou's husband there? Uh <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What are you talking about? Amadou, Amadine, whatever Hillary's oh, Huma? assistant. Huma? Huma? Huma, yeah. Did you guys catch uh, John Kasich's line about um, where he, he said, uh, I was talking to somebody and they said there's three three uh, lanes in this. There's the, yes. the establishment lane and then there's the non-establishment lane and then there's the John Kasich lane. And I couldn't help but think that's got to be a toll lane. Knowing John someone Kasich, someone uh, tweeted it may have been Buck. Someone tweeted at that moment. Yeah, that's the lane where Christie goes out and puts up the cones to jam up traffic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do we still great. have some calls standing by, Skip? Do you want to get to some? Um, I do believe we do. Yeah, let's um let's first go to uh, Washington and uh, TMB Shill. You're on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you tonight? What's up, buddy? I'm Evening. I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Couldn't hey. be better. So I've got a few quick points. Um. First of all, it's obvious that Jeb listens to the Morning Blaze because you'll notice he talked about the VA and he's also wearing his glasses again. <laughs> That's uh-huh. right, he was. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, watching Marco, Mar- watching Marco Rubio and Jeb discuss Heb. Heb. Discuss am- in Spanish, the J is an H. It's oh, Heb. Yeah. Heb. Right. But watching them discuss amnesty was like watching Abbott and Costello discuss who's on first. <laughs> I know. I, 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 they couldn't really out amnesty each other, and they can't. Yeah, is their exactly. problem. And finally, finally, my last point is Ted Cruz. He might have been whining at first, but he hit the ethanol subsidy question out of the park, and it proves he did. That honesty, honesty is key when you're running for president, as far as conservatives are concerned. Honesty and authenticity, can, being real, can is ethanol the most be hit out of the park? I, mm-hmm. mm. I is know. that something like hitting a water balloon out of the I park? I, I, well, I, and, I, and and the thing about it is it's such a, a unique issue, too, in so many. In fact, I even myself kind of tweeted, I don't know enough about ethanol to comment on this hashtag GOP. So it's, it's such a, a niche issue, too, that it, most people aren't going to resonate with, too. But for people who do know, it's going to be impressive. And people in Iowa probably are going to know more so than people who are watching on Fox News. When we bring this full circle, 
uh, my dear friends and family, we have to bear in mind a couple of absolutes. One, well, in absolutes, one is that unless this affected, unless this tonight affected turnout, unless this translated into more than one person voting instead of not voting, caucusing instead of not caucusing, or the other way around, you know, and obviously more than one person. Unless this affected turnout by enough votes to make a difference, it's the only thing in the end that mattered. Did this affect caucusing? And the thing that we don't know, which is a great frustration to those of us, all of us, the, uh, our folk here, the best and brightest, us, everybody who follows this, is that everything we think we know, and I include myself, uh, you know, top of the list, everything we think we know, we think we know because of the polls. And the only thing we do know is that the polls have been wrong in Iowa for the last 20 years. They haven't picked a winner They've in 20 years. Right they never get it right. So, you know, again, Rick Santorum at, on this day eight years ago was, I think, in sixth place, an asterisk, and he won. Of course, it took them two weeks, almost three, to tell the poor bastard that he won. But, <laughs> you know, everything was wrong. And, and, and so, I don't know, is the polling better? Are we to believe? I guess we have to have faith in something. So each time we say, well, that's all right. This time the polling will be better. And thus, we'll be able to predict more reliably, you know, who's going to do what. And, and, and all I could tell you, having lived through five Iowas with, with clients of mine, is that the, the polls are almost always wrong. There's always a – and this is the big one. There's always a story, and guys, there's going to be a story, as you know, on Monday night, other than who won. There's going to be somebody who gets resuscitated, someone who comes in fourth – you know, instead of 15th right. or maybe third or second even, and it resuscitates their campaign. I think that might be Ben Carson. It could I think it's be Rand Paul. Anybody. I think it's Rand Paul. It could Paul. be Rand Paul. Could be Carly could Fiorina. Be. Could, be, could be all Right of them. now the polls, again, quote, unquote, for what the heck they're worth, say Trump, Cruz, Rubio, and other. I don't know. I don't know. You know... Uh, as crazy as it's gotten with the support of Trump, because as we said, if you like him, that's fine, but he's not conservative. And, if you know, you can't argue that. You're going to try to, but you can't. But my question is, on Monday, will the right people turn out and will they get the authenticity? Because, as the caller said, when it comes to conservatives, certainly, um, being real is what matters. Being, being honest is what matters. And if you can fake that, you're in. That's exactly. And that's the, <laughs> that is an important thing to that's know. A, who's faking that, that the best? You know, Donald is, Trump is relying on first-time right. caucus goers, and guys, as you know, the least reliable caucus goers are first-time first yeah. caucus goers. That's right. The most right. reliable caucus goers are the ones that have gone before, and they're for somebody else. So, it's turnout, toying out, toying out. Thanks so much for joining us on Twitter. It's at Doc Thompson Show. We'll continue some of this at Skip Lacombe, at J underscore Severn, and at Ty Thank Johnson. Thank you, Ty. News. Thanks, Have everybody. A great night, folks. You're listening to reactions and analysis of the GOP debate, the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> 